whistle sounds. Heartbreak for the All Blacks. Delirium for the Springboks. They've gone back to back. The Box are world champions again for a fourth time. Despair for the men in black who gave every, every little bit they had. Outnumbered, outmanned, not outgunned. But they've come up painfully short, agonisingly short. South Africa win 12 to 11 in Paris. Daniel McCarty giving you the raw emotion at the time and it brings it flooding back. It brings it flooding back. What a remarkable World Cup final, one that we will talk about for generations and one that will leave uh, quite the legacy, I think, to, uh, to chew through. And to talk through not just the final and the selections, but where this leaves the All Blacks, we're joined by a uh, former All Black coach and John Hart. John, it's always wonderful to have you on the show. Really appreciate your time. Uh, first of all, your, your reactions now after a, a, a night to sleep on what was a, a pulsating final. Yeah, hi Sam, nice to be with you. Um, yeah, obviously, like all New Zealanders, quite shattered at the result, but, uh, you know, very proud of the performance. Um, the All Blacks showed tremendous courage, um, but in the end, you know, the South Africans just had enough to uh, get, get over the line and, and, you know, really disappointing. Obviously, lots to talk about in terms of officiating, uh, but you can't take it away from the the box they got it right in the first half we possibly didn't their kicking was pinpoint they got us into they got the territory they kicked the goals and you know there was i think that the ground was very wet there was raining heavily a lot more than we probably knew on television um and the conditions were difficult and maybe we didn't quite we we went out to play our normal game and we weren't able to move the ball as we wanted to yeah, John, I don't want to be a hypocrite because uh, I am uh, generally supportive of how the All Blacks, uh, through, especially through the knockout phases here, haven't gone to take the early points on offer and decided to, what well, we're here, we want to press our advantage. In hindsight, and these things are beautiful, you think perhaps there could have been a, a, a the, the collation of points might have been the way to go or did they actually play the right card for what they had? Look, you, you, you've got to take, um, yeah, there'll be always that debate, Sam, um, you know, when they were kicking into the corner, uh, you know, when they were six points down, kicking into the corner, um, you know, the, the Africans had a forward off, um, so they would have thought they had the opportunity um, to, you know, to match them um, in the corner, but, you know, it didn't quite work out. One try came, one of the tries did come indirectly from a penalty, uh, didn't come direct, and uh, they'd be disappointed with that. But look, those are, that's all. Had we scored the try, um, which we did initially, um, you know, we would have, um, people would have said it was the right call. Uh, let's deal with the uh, the elephant in the room, or at least the officials uh, that were in a room uh, making decisions. Uh, where do you stand on uh, the official calls? Because uh, as upset as we can be as a nation, and the way that you know it's it's not the way we're used to watching rugby, is it? We're not used to watching things happen uh, in such delay, or things be awarded and pulled back so so late in the piece. But these are the rules as they stand. As far as what the rules are, what did you make of the officiating, John? Well, look, I. 
I personally was really disappointed with the intervention of a TMO. Um, I think Wayne Barnes is, is, is a really good ref, but I think he got a bit confused because he was uh, talking to a TMO, or a TMO's intervention meant that he lost control. I mean, I thought he'd refereed really well all tournament, and I certainly wouldn't blame him for this game, for our result. Um, but I just think the TMO's intervention frustrated the game. Um, Sam Kane, technically, in terms of the rules, yes, he was. Uh, it was a red card because he directed to the head. But, you know, we're in a World Cup final. Um, Creel wasn't damaged. There was no damage, that, uh, as I understand it. The TMO brought attention to it. Um, you know, World Cup finals, I think you've got to say we need... You, you don't let anything bad you've got to deal with, but anything marginal, let's get on with the game and... And I think taking players off the field, as, as happened, ruined the spectacle, ruined the game. But, you know, you've got to give credit to South Africa. They Their defence was fantastic. Their attacking line with their kicks were the pinpoint. We knew the game they would play. They played it. And, um, you know, they got over the line. I don't think, in the end, we can blame officiating because we had our opportunities. We could have, you know, we missed a conversion. We missed a penalty, which might have put us in front. And who knows what happens in the game then. Um, but there were decisions which, you know, were really uh, were really concerning. Particularly, I think the one where um, Wayne Barnes seemed to admit that he got it wrong when we Artie subbed a penalty, um, and yet, you know, they let it stand and let him kick the goal, and that has a crucial crucial part of the outcome. But you know, that's the game, and and you know, we had our, as I say, we had our chances to win. So I don't think we can look just at officiating. I do do think officiating. Um, ruined the ruined the spectacle for fans, um, and that's something that World Rugby got to be concerned about. But ultimately, you know, we had our chances to win on the box, uh, got over the line. If you compare uh, the heart, uh, the cards, uh, John, that we saw uh, Sam Kane then uh, Khaleesi was uh, yellow carded as well. One turned to red, not the other. Are you happy with that outcome? Do you think that was the the right call? Listen, um, I'm not a technical, you know, they get so technical on these things and that's what it is, but on the face of it, I would have thought Khaleesi deserved the same treatment as Sam Kane. I mean, Khaleesi's was quite violent. He came in, when I say violent, he came in at, at real pace um, and, and, and with his, uh, you know, and, and, and hit um, um, Artie Savia on the head. Um, you know, you couldn't say the same about um, Sam Kane. He virtually turned into a tackle. Um, I, I think, you know, in the light of what they did with Sam Kane, I would have thought Khaleesi should have got the same treatment. But, um, you know, the experts see it another way. Speaking with former All Black coach and wonderful analyst in the game, and John Hart. And John, as far, let's talk about the Springboks because uh, it is very easy to gloss over the fact uh, you've mentioned they, they deserve credit for what they did. They their, their tactics were pretty remarkable. They also won this without a hooker, realistically, without without uh, a, a qualified hooker uh, who's experienced in that role, and that is their position. It's a specialist role, and they managed to do that after losing their, their starting hooker and their only uh, qualified hooker, in my opinion, uh, who was uh, in the, what, the third, fourth minute, and they, they pushed through. That is, that's some adversity come over as well. Yeah, I think we, we tend to gloss over that. They lost a very vital player in the first few minutes. Um, I wouldn't call Furry not a hooker because he's a hooker who can play loose forward and he can play loose forward and he can play hook. He, he can hook. So I wouldn't say not a hooker. And he proved, um, other than probably some issues that line out early on, and um, you know, he, he almost got a few few off them. But 
he, he had a fantastic game around the field. Good. And so um, they didn't lose anything in the end with him because he gave them great mobility um, and energy. Um, and I was surprised, you know, if, if he is 37, he didn't look at it. He played um, extremely well. But, yeah, that would have been a real setback for the South Africans. And you've got to give credit to them. They immediately regrouped and, you know, got on with things and uh, managed to get through that what would have been them a pretty a pretty big blow. Did the better team on the day win the World Cup, do you think? Well, I, you it's, have a, it's to a hard start. one, John. It's a hard it's a struck match between these but two sides at, at the, any given moment. Yeah, I mean if you look at the game you'd have to say the Springboks probably deserved to win. Sure we scored the only try and they didn't other than and they should have scored when Khaleesi ran got clear after we didn't take an up and under early in that second half he got clear and he had a, I thought a winger unmarked outside him on the right and he took looked back inside and took the tackle I you know they should have scored then that would have been very very that would have turned the game totally um, but you know, in the end, they took their chances. Um, we had chances. Um, and you've got to say, probably they stuck to a game plan right through. And in the second half, when they, they their scrum, we were operating with Geordie Barrett on the scrum. We, our scrum stayed solid, which was a real was a real credit to the, the, to the All Blacks. We, we, I thought we could have suffered there. We, we didn't. Um, but that created space for them to move the ball and get into our territory quite easily because, you know, we were a back down and we had, you know, we had to try and um, so we had to try to defend against that, and that was difficult and that created space for them. So look, tactically in the end, um, the box did it all very well. I thought their tactics, we knew what they'd be, and unfortunately, I picked the All Blacks to win well because I thought on a dry track. Um, we would be, if we got movement of a ball, our attack would be, our wide attack would be, ultimately be too good. But we didn't get that chance. The ground was, uh, the ground was wet, the ball was heavy, the ball was wet. Um, and South Africa played the tactics that they would have played if it had been dry or wet. And, and they, for them, were winning tactics. You've got to give them their defence credit. They were, they were a line. I thought at times, uh, they were marginally, and sometimes I think they were offside, but they weren't getting called, and they just continued to tackle and tackle and tackle. Uh, Steph, uh, Steph, Steph Detroit, what, yes. what a star. I mean, wow. what a game. I mean, he was a colossus on that field. And, and you know, you've got you to look at the South Africans and say, well, you know, well done. Steph de Klerk put the ball on an absolute pinpoint accuracy with his kicking. Um, you know, they took a gamble with the 7-1, which I thought could, could work against them, and it nearly did, of course, when they lost their hooker. Um, and then, you know, they continued just to... Con- they rolled players on, and they just stuck to what they knew. And, you know, you've got to give them credit. They ended up, you know, winning the game. Um, as I say, we had a penalty, a long-range penalty, a conversion, could have changed it. But then the game starts again. You're not sure. It could have... Could have whatever might happen. But anyhow... You know, we can't, we've got to give credit to South Africa because, you know, to win the World Cup by beating, in a row, um, by beating um, France um, and, and South Africa, uh, France and England, um, and then the All Blacks, you know, um, you, have a, you, you have a look at that and, and that's a pretty, pretty, pretty 
could march towards a World Cup. They'd beaten the best, and they beat them all by one point. Um, so you, you, you have to, you know, you have to say uh, they are probably very, very deserving winners, but it's a World Cup that we'll look back and say, if only. Speaking with former All Black coach John Hart, and, and John, they, they, you're right, they beat, uh, of, of the top six sides, of which they are one, of course, they beat... Uh, sorry, met all the others through the course of that to get to that title. So uh, certainly no one accused them of taking a, uh, an easy road uh, to achieve that. How we've reached now the end of the, uh, the Ian Frost era that, that started during COVID. Uh, I think I don't think that gets enough um, mentioned because that would have been a nightmare time to be trying to um, build your own squad uh, as that began. And it came with plenty of downs, uh, some ups along the way. How do you think history will remember the Ian Frost era? Well, so I think there's been a lot of controversy. And you, you mentioned COVID, which I think was um, totally underestimated and, and, and what happened in their tour, tour of Europe. Um, and then everything that went on last year and the tremendous pressure he came under. Um, and I thought it was terribly unfair at the time, still do. Um, he's a smart coach and he proved that. He's proven that um, you know he was one game away from winning the World Cup and maybe a, maybe a goal kick away from winning the World Cup. Um, and you know he goes out. He's been criticised because they lost games, but if I'm right, he won the Bledisloe Cup in all four years. That's right. He won the Rugby Championship in all four years. Correct. And then he misses by a kick to win the World Cup. I would say he's done a fantastic job overall. We're never going to win everything we want. That's not. There's no team that does that in the game. And if you look at what he's contributed, he's a smart coach. He brought together a coaching team. Yes, he would admit he probably made a mistake, you know, a couple of years ago with his assistants. The change bringing in Jason Ryan and Joe Smith has made a significant difference. But the significant difference became that when he got Ryan and Smith, when he had McLeod and Feek, and Feek needs, needs a lot of credit because that scrum has grown and developed under his tutelage. But as a group, they really produced a coaching masterclass at this World Cup. And he was able then to step back and do the job he's very good at, which was coordinate everything, whereas probably two years ago he was having to get into all the detail. And I think he stood back. He's a smart coach. He used people well. And, you know, he deserves great credit. I mean, people, you know, there will always be the knockers in this game, um, in this country. And, and I hope we reflect four rugby championships, four Bledisloe Cups, and beaten by a goal kick. Not a bad coaching record. And a team that really believed in him and a coaching team that believed in him. Now, John, you know all about, in fact, you more than almost anyone in this country know about the pressures of World Cup. You're involved in 87, uh, 91, uh, 99. Uh, where do you think New Zealand's reaction is at now? Because I remember 99, like, we were almost as a nation put into um, uh, official depression off the back of the result. It was the most overblown, and it, it was part of the moment that New Zealanders started to look themselves in the mirror a little bit more about uh, how they're prepared to view the results of a, of a team that represents them. It, it was it was excessive uh, at the time. I, re I remember even as a young man being blown away by that. But how do you think we are as a nation with our, have we grown up? Are we uh, able to cop these things on the, on the chin more? Will we wear this as painfully for the next four years as uh, during some of those times? Um, I think we've matured um, and we needed to. 
Um, and I hope that we reflect on a team that gave everything, every inch of its that it had to give in very difficult circumstances. We should be very proud of them. They should be able to return to New Zealand with their heads high and we should recognise an outstanding performance. And yeah, as I say, a goal kick away from possibly winning it. And what would we be saying and how would we be feeling? So I just think we need to reflect. I think people generally, my, my feedback and what I'm seeing is people are understanding, people are disappointed, but very, very proud of what was a very courageous effort. 14 men, what, 62 minutes of the game against a powerful Springbok side playing to their limit of their potential. You know, I think we have to take all those sorts of things into consideration and hopefully treat the team with great dignity and respect and give them a good welcome back to New Zealand. And I think it's a great launch pad for Scott Robertson to come in as a new coach. Um, you know, I, I think he, he the legacy has been sustained and, and growing, and now is an opportunity um, to, to take it forward. And, and, you know, we should look forward to the next four years. Um, obviously, there's going to be some change in playing personnel. Um, you've got, you have to feel sorry for some of those players and the coaching staff going out on that note. But, you know, we, we, we built depth. I, I look at our young scrum, uh, young props. Um, you know, we built depth, and uh, now it's the opportunity for a new coach and a new coaching staff and, and potentially, you know, many new players to stand up and take the game forward and we should get behind them and we should make sure we celebrate and support the team coming home and move into 2024. Uh, and uh, Sam Kane, is the last uh, comment here, uh, John. We always appreciate your time uh, speaking on, on matters or any, any matters uh, around sport, but certainly around rugby. Uh, he was... It was a tackle. It went wrong. He got it wrong. Uh, but if you watch it at real time rather than the slow-mo replays, it's uh, hardly uh, an act of savagery. Uh, it, was, it was a spirit, a, a snap moment. These things can happen sometimes. And he, as he said himself, will need to live with this uh, for the rest of his life. You uh, were coach when uh, Tane Randall copped an incredible amount of criticism uh, as captain. And you saw the, the toll that can have on, on somebody. Uh, Sam Kane will now need those people rallying around him. And, and he will get that, Sam. He's, that's, uh, he, he's got tremendous respect from the playing squad, and he'll get that immediately. And you saw it after the game. Mm. Um, and he, I know how he will feel. I mean, he will, he will be gutted, and it won't be easy for him. But he should not be blamed. That was, slow, that was such a technical thing. He turned into a tackle, bang. You know, Creel wasn't even hurt. You know, there was no there was no downside to that. And I, I sort of, I think that Sam Kane will obviously will always be that will live with him for a while. But in the end, let's look at his contribution. He's played. You know, he he's taken this team to a level. His leadership was outstanding. You know, his performance against Ireland was special. Um, you know, I hope people again reflect and treat him with respect that he deserves as a real warrior for the All Blacks and a true true leader and someone we should respect. And, you know, there will be the will we be the knockers. I hope they are I hope social media, which is always a concern, takes 
takes has respect has respect for the person and the game. But there will be knockers. There will be those that want to do that. But I think genuine New Zealanders, I think people that understand the game, I think people who, who understand the All Blacks will only stand and support them. And that's what we all should be doing. For more about Coach John Hart, grateful for your insight, your analysis, and uh, your clear, still deep passion uh, for this team. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Sam. Bye.